Hey, Sobertown. Welcome to the Sobertown Podcast. I'm Julie. Some of you know me as Dry Mountain Mama, and I'm here with Steve Kay to bring you Sobertown's Rewired Podcast. We're diving into the book Rewired by Erica Spiegelman and learning how it can completely change the way we think and help us create a life so full that there's no space left for alcohol. Before we get started, I want to invite you to visit SobertownPodcast.com where you will find all of the podcast episodes and tons of recovery-related resources. You'll find tools like Todd's blog, which includes his sobriety toolbox, filled with great ideas for handling cravings, reframing difficult thoughts, dealing with drinking situations, and everything else you need to tackle sobriety. We also want to give a shout-out to the I Am Sober app and the community there, where many of us met and have found our tribe, creating the foundation for successful recovery. If you haven't yet, do go download the I Am Sober app and come join us there. I am so excited to introduce Ray from the IAS community today. Uh, Ray has been doing a ton of work in the solitude chapter of Rewired and is here to talk with us about that today. Ray, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Welcome, Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm Ray. I'm 29 years old. I have 11 months and 18 days sober. Originally from Guam, but I'm stationed in. Awesome. And so you recently did the solitude challenge from Rewired, right? Yes. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because that seems like a really big undertaking. Well, I was really looking forward to it because um, I don't get any time alone. So walking into it, it was kind of like, oh, I get me time and I get a vacation, kind of. I was really looking forward to it. I didn't know that it was going to be as profound an experience as what it ended up being. Um, So the rules are you have to disconnect from your computer, phone, tablet, social media accounts, and email for 24 hours. And you do not use any TV, video games, or media of any kind. Don't engage in addiction or shopping. No people, of course. And you just do something for yourself. And I had planned it out probably a couple weeks before I did it. And I picked a day. And then in the meantime, I was writing down activities I could do because I wanted to be successful. And I was like, I could play solitaire. And then the day of, I reread the rules and I can't do any chores. I'm not supposed to, Mm. but but even that at the beginning of the day, I realized so much of what I do is geared towards the house and geared towards my family and my son. So the day of, my husband and my son, I basically kicked them out. They didn't have any protests though, so it was fine. They went and got a little hotel room and had a boys weekend type deal. That is and so cool. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, I had so many like epiphany type moments during that day. Like I was like, you know, he didn't fight me at all on this. He didn't kick up any type of fuss. He was just like, cause it's kind of a weird thing to be like, randomly be like you need to leave and (laughs) I need 24 hours do not come back until this time and he was just because I've been and I and then especially being sober you know you tend to take on a lot of random hobbies and things that Mm -hmm. not all of them stick but right 
yeah, he was really um, supportive of about it and made it even easier to take the time, which is hard to take the time when you stay home and you work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been feeling really selfish this year because so much of this year has been about my recovery and what I need for my recovery. And so to have that day where I realized I still do so much for my family, I still do a lot for other people, I haven't figured out the balance yet was really important because I've been feeling pretty bad about all the time that I was taking and all the space that I was taking up, which, you know, I got to get better at doing. Does that make you feel a little bit better about the this being selfish thing, though, to realize how much you're actually doing for your family? Yeah. Um, it's more like understanding that it's actually not selfish. It's more like I'm, I have like a, a lot of the, my thoughts from before are more like skewed. And mm-hmm. now I'm able to see things objectively, you know, because even I would have this unrealistic expectation of myself that this should be easier and I should be better at it you know and that's just not realistic that's not the case yeah no I do the same thing as far as just all the time that I spend working on myself and working on sobriety and then I feel like I'm being selfish and I should be giving more to my family and so I can see how that's really valuable to stop and realize like it seems really like most of what we do is taking care of our families, right? It's just mm-hmm. so ingrained in what we do. We probably don't notice it as much or pay as much. You know, we don't even realize that we're doing so much for other people. Yeah, for sure. Um, this doesn't really have to do with the solitude, but in another chapter, it talks about writing down and do good during the day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've tried that yet. No, I think that's in the time management chapter, isn't it? Or oh, yeah. maybe. maybe that's where I'm stuck. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've been doing that. And I mean, there's just so much that like, we take for granted when it comes to ourselves. Like, um, I tell my son that I love him every day. And I give him a compliment. And I hug him. And that's seems like very small. But the way I grew up was not at all like that. That's something I bring, because it's important to me. And I just wasn't giving myself credit for that. Yeah, that's really powerful to realize that. Funny how we miss those little things, mm-hmm. those little things that are ingrained in your routine. It sounds yeah. like with the solitude, you get to re- you get to recognize that those part those are the parts of your of your routine that you're giving, and those are the parts that you like and also miss. Yeah, it's just stuff we take for granted. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we get so many messages from outside, like from social media and from all the media. Yeah. I'm one of those people that if I make a decision about something, I'm going to ask everybody, what do you think I do this? And authenticity was hard for me to wrap my head around until I did this because, and then I realized my problem with authenticity is I don't know what I want or what I like or what I enjoy or my opinions that are not influenced by other people. So just to have that time to let my mind be my mind without any, I came to so many realizations that day, like just so many. I remember uh, we talked about my weight recently and I remember looking in the mirror that day and 
really looking probably for the first time since I got sober. And I was like, that's still you. Those are still your eyes. You're still who you are. And nothing can take that from you. That's huge. Try not to cry. (laughs) I know, me too. (laughs) That is so, so important. And I'm so happy that you were able to really, really realize that. That's just huge. Yeah, because I even, um, that it was after the solitude challenge that I started turning my camera on. And, you know, I just, it was that, it was going through that, that I was like, if I can forgive myself for everything else, because you have to in sobriety. Um, it seems so silly that I couldn't forgive myself for gaining weight. Of all things, I mean, it, it happens. Yeah. And especially if you're, you know, imbibing the way that, to where you end up in a place like this. So, yeah, no, that's just, it's huge. And it's crazy how much harder we are on ourselves than on anyone else, isn't it? Yeah. So to, to, to just be okay and to love yourself is just so important. I'm just so happy that, that you were able to do that and, and focus on that. That's really, really special. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just so many thoughts and realizations like you know like a little bit about my history how my mom was an addict I had gone through some things um when I came to the states and I married my husband I worked really hard to get away from that past when I got sober or well when I realized I needed to get sober I remember thinking how did I get I just couldn't my past felt like a bad dream because that's what I worked for it to become I tried to um, this kind of suburban housewife who had it all together and just ignore everything that ever happened to me. But I wasn't really ignoring it because, you know, every night that I would get sad or think about it, I would excuse myself to have a drink. And so not dealing with it really made it even more to where I couldn't understand how I got here. Because if I look around at my son is well taken care of, his life is nothing at all like mine. Our relationship is nothing at all like me and my mom's. And I've worked really hard, but it wasn't until I got sober that I understood that I still felt like that little girl who was born on the wrong side of the tracks and didn't deserve this type of life. Kind of like maybe imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I was just able to really just think through, I mean, everything, even like my relationships with people. Um, My mom being an addict put me in a caretaker kind of role early. And so I do that now with everybody. I wanted so badly to not blame like my parents for how I turned out and to just move forward with it. But you have to address your issues. And I mean, in a way, I'm grateful because I don't think if I didn't get sober, I would have ended up in therapy because mm. I've made it, I'm 29. I made it this far in my head without therapy. Why would I need to? That's all great. So when you kicked everybody out of the house and you were there all on your own, did you do anything? I mean, I did some things like I did. Um, I folded little origami stars. I, did a word search, but, and then this is another thing that I found out about myself. 
It used to drive me crazy that my husband could sit all day and do absolutely nothing. I didn't understand that. And then when I didn't have anything that I had to do, I was just laying there staring at my ceiling like, this is nice. This is so nice. I like to do nothing too. It's never had the chance before, huh? Or never yeah. gave yourself the chance. That's uh, when you turn around and ask your husband, what's he thinking? And he says nothing. And that <laughs> blows your mind. Yeah, it's actually true. Huh? It's actually actually a true story is when he says nothing. He means nothing. Like he, it's you're a not sign gonna... of evolution, actually. At this whole time, I thought, what an idiot. And it's actually his own little self time. Mm-hmm. We yeah. uh, zone out, I don't know, zone out fair, fairly often. I know I do. It's like, you know, you get that s- silly look on your face. My wife turns, you're all right. Oh, yeah. What are you thinking? <laughs> Nothing, hun. Okay. I feel like women just don't work the same. I mean, I but know. it's also because our, okay, no offense, Steve, but because you're doing that, I have to make sure that the house is running and the kids have what they need and everyone's taken care of. So here's, here <laughs> is the flip side of that. Because I'm sober, I don't say nothing near as many times as I, as I used to. <laughs> Because I'm thinking of that stuff too. So I'm thinking of what am I going to make for their lunches? I'm thinking of, you know, do, oh, I'm going to vacuum this. Or like I'm actually now being a part of the family. Whereas before I was disconnected from it. Yeah. So yeah, she had to do all of that stuff. And she had to think of all of that stuff because I wasn't. Not that I was thinking nothing but it just wasn't there. The thought process wasn't there. The care. Yeah. Yeah. The caring. Is the level of care is now increasing. So now I'm paying attention to things that I wasn't paying attention to. And, and so we kind of have the flip side thing going on where I want to try and do stuff, but I kind of can't because it's now I got to kind of get things, some, get some things back. Yeah. So when you were like just hanging out, did you find that you could just not think about anything or was your mind like racing? I feel like my mind would just be racing. It wasn't actually racing. It was very peaceful. Like even the next day, um, I called my auntie and she said, you sound so refreshed. You have to do this more often. Um, And the thoughts that I had gave me a lot of peace. Like, um, most people know that I'm estranged from my father right now. Me and my husband were separated for like over a year in the middle of our marriage, somewhere around like four, five years. Um, and then we got back together. And after we got back together, my dad asked me what my last name was. And I didn't think of anything. I didn't think of it at the time as anything, but then right before I started this challenge, like right before my boys left the house, um, I get a package from my godmother and it's addressed to me with my maiden name or not my maiden name, my married name. And I don't have Facebook or anything anymore. So you can't find, you just, it was something that she remembered because it was important to her. And then I had, I realized, well, 
my dad's problems with my marriage then could not have been personal. And if it was in fact, you know, like racism, then I shouldn't care what that person thinks about my life anyway. And that's like a difficult thought to have about someone that's your parent and that you love, but it gave me peace because I had been so torn up about being estranged for my whole life. We've had this kind of pattern where I don't talk to him for about three years. And then we go back and we don't really talk about what happened and we just move forward like my life. So until now, Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it was all of that stuff. I was able to really see how I felt about the situation. How I felt about the situation was that I didn't do anything, you know, and I shouldn't have to feel bad because I showed up for my son. I turned it around for my son and I'm there every day and I'm telling my son, I love you every day, even though my dad didn't do that for me. So I don't care if his dad didn't do it for him. You know, I'm yeah. a prime example of do better. And so just all of that stuff, I was able to just really come to like a better place inside of myself. I felt so good about myself. I felt like, I mean, I felt confident enough to say yes to doing this. I know. Which Um, is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like huge, huge growth. Sounds, it sounds like it was a really empowering experience for you. It was, so, yes, it was so very, it was exactly that, because even I went to, um, like I had said earlier, I'm one of those people, if I do anything, I need a huge pro and con list, and then I need to ask everybody in my life, what do you think about this, what, what should I do? I went to the dentist, and I mean, I have my teeth problems since I was a child. My mom never took me to a dentist, so all of this stuff is like a long time coming, Um they said it would be around six grand to try to do the extreme measures to save as much of the teeth as they could. And to just take them out and put partials in would be two grand, which is a significant difference. And they have all of their opinions. Everyone's talking about, of course, you know, your front teeth, you wanna save them and money and this and that. But in the moment in that office, I already had my mind made up. I didn't need to talk to anybody. And I was so sure of myself. I was like, I'm the only one in here who is a recovering addict. And so I'm the only one who gets an opinion on my recovery here because I'm worried about a prolonged recovery. I don't care if you don't prescribe anything to me that can be addictive. I know myself like mine. And I want to go for the thing that will get the least recovery time that will make me the least uncomfortable because pain is such a huge trigger for me. So... Mm. And I didn't need to talk it over with anybody. I just, and I didn't need to explain myself to anybody because I'm sure lots of people have opinions, but their mouth. Exactly. That sounds like a lot of authenticity. You knew what you needed. (laughs) You were aware of your own decisions. That's huge. That's really cool. And I advocated for myself, which is probably, it's so hard to do. It's so easy to do for other people that you care about. And just the biggest thing, I think, after you get sober is just learning how to love yourself and learning how to be okay with yourself. And letting yourself deserve all those things too. Yeah. I don't know. I struggled with so much guilt and shame that it's still hard for me to 
just say, yes, I deserve this or, you know, anything good, I guess I still have a hard time with that. So yeah, she actually says one of the quotes in there, because I was kind of going through it today to know our real value, we have to look inside. And I think there's just so much of that focusing on, you know, taking the time to really get to know yourself and focus on yourself. And then you realize how much value you really have. Because I think we all tend to undervalue ourselves, especially if we're coming out of a, an addiction of some kind. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> um, one of the examples of that is like, I had picked up somewhere the time that I was a teenager that I was a bitch. And I don't remember, I know I was an angry teenager, but I just kind of went with it. I was like, okay, I'm a bitch. And then I got sober and I thought about it really deeply. And nobody that I, my friends wouldn't call me a bitch, you know? I mean, when I think about myself, I think about how sensitive I am now. And I'm, I cry all the time now. I just have so much compassion for people. I'm in a community that is so full of compassion. And it never occurred to me that whoever had called me a bitch way back when could be wrong, you mm-hmm. know? And it never occurred to me that who cared what they thought anyways. Learning that um, the most important part is that I'm okay with what I'm doing. Like, yep. because all doing all of the other stuff that everyone wanted me to do had me in a bottle at the end of the day because I was so... Mm-hmm. And, I didn't want to do any of that stuff, but looking at my life and to create like the sober life that you can live in and feel all these deep, rich feelings, you have to enjoy. You have to know what you like before you even know. So the solitude day was like so eye-opening for me. It was just huge epiphanies all day. It sounds like it. So was it hard for you to do? Like, do you think it was actually difficult to follow all the rules that were set you know the no social media and the no electronics and stuff was that difficult or was it pretty easy to do well just for me personally it was really easy I was really looking forward to it um when I was separated from my husband I realized that I had a problem that I was hanging out with a lot of people that I didn't really care about just so I didn't have to be alone with my thoughts and then because those people would be drinking, I wouldn't want to. And so I knew back then that I needed to address um, I had such a problem being alone. So I started to drive out um, to the lake and I would be out there for like two hours every day, just phone off, don't talk to anybody, don't be running. So I kind of did a dry run already at this before yeah. I really liked it then and I was like this is just like the extreme version this is like the upgraded version of that and Mm -hmm. yeah so I was and then you don't you get to also realize how much you're getting other messages because having that time alone I thought you know I'm a really good mom and it's hard to think that you're a good mom because all day long you've seen posts confident kids have parents who do this and if you want your child to be successful, do this and all of this stuff that I don't do any of that stuff. And, you know, vegan meals. And I mean, I remember I was making, I was putting vegetables in a food processor because I thought that that really made a difference in my mm-hmm. And there was so much other things I could be doing during that time. Yeah. 
that would have been more of a profound experience for us than me trying to keep up with the Joneses or whatever. Yeah. Oh, they just, it, it seems like everywhere you turn, especially with social media now, there's just all these messages that are poured down, especially on moms, on how we're supposed to act and what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to take care of our kids. And it's exhausting. Like you could never do all of those things. So just to even remove that from your life for 24 hours, seems like that would be really powerful and take away those, some of those expectations, even just for a little bit. Yeah, and parenting is such a personal thing because kids are so different. Every single child needs completely different things. I mean, my son is so completely different from me. I don't know. I'm constantly just confused and I don't know because I can't relate to anything um, about his thought process or feelings or anything in his life even, you know. Um, so a lot of people, you know, and then a lot of the, what I didn't realize before that I realized um, during this day was a lot of these people that have opinions were raising kids years ago. It's a completely different yeah. game now. Mm-hmm. And that might have worked or even this kind of sound really bad. Obviously, the people who raised me didn't do that great of a job. I'm trying to do the opposite of what happened <laughs> to me now. So, yeah. yeah, it sounds like you're completely changing you're rewriting everything. You're rewriting your history and giving your son something so completely different. And I'm not to be cheesy, but rewiring my thoughts around it. Um, yeah. For sure. Like, cause that's just the biggest part about it because um, obviously there was a part of me that knew it was important for me to stay at home with my son. That's why I've done it before I got sober. Mm-hmm. Um, but while I did it, I felt so bad about it because I knew that everyone didn't want me to do that. And now I really don't feel that way. I feel like I understand that you care because I mean, I get wanting to keep your loved ones from pain, thinking that you know what's best, but you just don't always. What I have is a very um, different situation than a lot of people in my family. My son has a lot of allergies. He's allergic to um, whole families of things. So beans, seeds, lentils, corn, poultry, all poultry, so chicken, eggs. What a lot of people don't know is every time he was in school, we would get a call from a social worker because he would miss so many days because he'd be sick from, because his immune system isn't as good as the other kids. And because he's susceptible to all these other things that they're not. And I mean, with Corona and him having to stay home, he hasn't gotten sick once, has not been to the hospital since this whole thing started. Mm-hmm. And until you know, he can get vaccinated, it's just not worth the risk to me. And that alone, I mean, not even that alone. I'm his mom. Yes. Yep. That's enough of, I don't need to justify myself to anybody. Do not need to justify yourself to anybody. There it is. Yeah, absolutely. And to gain the confidence to just know that in your heart and not feel like you have to defend that decision is really important. I mean, yeah, I just really needed to like take the time. I really just think about myself because I know that my intentions come from good places, no matter what anyone else, you know, sees it as. 
only I know what my intentions are and they're coming from a good place. So it's just really important to like know how you feel about yourself and just have that to to just take the time for yourself, especially um, Julie, I'm sure you can relate. When you work at home, you don't even get a car ride home alone to decompose. You just, it's so important to just take the time and I mean, we're our greatest advocates and allies, and we can't really do that if we're not sure what we want. Yeah. You know, Steve and I were actually talking about that a little bit when we were talking about solitude earlier. He gets his drive to and from work even, which is what, like half an hour of yep, time half, to himself. Half like, an hour there and half an hour back. Yep. And when my kids, I mean, my kids are older now, so I think I get a little bit more solitude than I did, but when they were little, like half an hour in the car was so rare and so special and so important. And like, I felt like a new woman, if I could just go for a drive for 30 minutes and then come home, like I was a completely different mom after that. And that was just, you know, half an hour. So yeah, I think as, as stay at home moms, especially we just, we don't ever get time to ourselves. We can't even go to the bathroom alone. You know, it's just, they're always there. So going forward, how are you going to apply solitude now? What's this going to look like? Well, that's why I'm stuck on the time management, because I need to come up with a schedule that works for everybody. Um, and I'm really so dedicated. I go to like five meetings a week now, and I'm just, I'm trying to find the balance. But also, you know, I know that it doesn't need to be applied right away or done perfectly right away. We can take a couple runs at it and see. So the answer is I have no idea now. Do you think you're going to try another 24 hours at some point? Like do it, do it again to see how, like, compare your first experience to another one? I mean, yeah, I think I could probably do it every year and, like, just see how different my thought process is. Cause this is just, I had all these, this huge growth after just one year of being sober. And I feel like I still have so much more to learn. So, I mean, next year, this time, I think would be a great time to try to do it again. But I mean, with the holidays coming up, I really am not trying. I, the schedule that we have right now, there's just no way I could do that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how you end up working solitude into to regular life. I think it's really important. And it's also really hard to take that time when you have a younger kid that you can't, you know, just kick out of the house or or leave Ugh. alone for a long time. It's yeah, hard. And it's just him. So I feel so much more guilty. I'm like, all his social interaction is with me. So even though I feel sometimes like I need this alone time, and my door is always open. And I just, yeah, that's another thing that I have to forgive myself for, not giving another child, Um, which surprisingly is another thing a lot of people have opinions about, which is strange that people have so many opinions about things that are so very personal, you know, and even just thinking about that, I'm like, huh, that's weird, because I don't even do this to anyone else, I'm not like, you know, you should have more children or you should go get a job. You should stay at home. I don't know where anyone, I mean, I barely have any energy to figure out what I'm doing. Just to even know that about myself, I was like, 
that's all you need to know that you're just you don't need to be concerned about anything else it's just so important to stay in your own circle make sure your own family is good make sure that you're good mm-hmm. even count how many times I was so absorbed by everybody else and what they had going on to where I had absolutely no peace because even if everything was fine in my home there's always something going on with somebody else to where now I mean there's just no way that anyone can take that on and Mm -hmm. be sober at least yeah 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 no that's that's a really good point. I don't know. I think that just the time to yourself and getting to know yourself and I, there's so much of it that relates to staying sober. Like, I think that, I think solitude really helps you figure out who your authentic self is for sure. Um, and you have to love your authentic self and be true to your authentic self in order to not drink. Like that's what we did. We escaped. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot, a lot to be said for that. And now we can escape into a little bit of solitude instead of into drinking mm-hmm. which is really valuable yeah so do you see any other results in, in your life or in the way that you're interacting with your family like can you see different changes I feel so sure of myself in a way that I haven't been before like I know how I feel about stuff like me and my husband's relationship is a lot better because during that time I was really able to wrap my head around um our two different journeys you know he's he's on his own path and he's not doing anything to hurt me because when I was in that situation I wasn't doing it to hurt anyone I just couldn't see another way and I even when I wanted to get out it was so hard to finally you know make it stick there were so many attempts before this year that left me completely devastated and feeling like there was no way feeling like this was it you know I'm just always going to have this problem and so being able to understand that and understand take a moment to kind of see the reality of the situation again instead of my skewed version there's so much more um compassion on my side for him now than there was I was very impatient and judgmental and all of that stuff was just really hurting me and just putting more pressure on the situation which if it was reversed I would have hated to be in that position like because it's hard enough you know without anyone else's pressure Mm -hmm. yeah yeah to not take things personally and to give other people their space and yeah. yeah, and it's just really, it's just given me so much understanding about everything, even like how like I got here, for instance, you know, like my mom's addiction. I got married at 19, so I went from my dad's house into another house where I was taking care of people, mm-hmm. and it didn't occur to me until I went and I got a single fork from the drawer to eat. And I was like, I have never gotten one single fork because I have always made meals for everybody. I've never even had the, a meal by myself, really. And to just realize that I had done that disservice to myself, like we talk about, you know, in recovery, being a lot like us being kids and having to relearn stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what I'm going through. I was so surrounded by family and other people that I never gave myself the time to just be myself and grow into whoever I'm supposed to be that's not related to somebody else. I'm not, you know, this somebody's mom, somebody's wife, daughter, whatever. Like, who just am I on my own when no one is around? It's yeah, like, and it's like the first time you've had a chance to discover that, huh? Yeah. That sounds like a whole heck of a lot of fun. Is that that's what <laughs> that sounds like? It really does. Right. It's like, oh, my God, this is what I like. Now you're finding like little nuggets and trinkets of of Ray. Mm-hmm. Right. And then mm-hmm. and, and, and now you get to have fun with them because that's what you, in the end you're going to get to have. OK, I, I really like this. And that's kind of what it seems like you're finding out. Right. You're, yeah. you're really pulling out a, some self-confidence. Now you're showing up to meetings and you're putting the camera on and you're saying hi to everybody, which is absolutely awesome because we finally get to see you. So that's really exciting. And then you're obviously empowered. You're standing up for yourself, right? You're saying, you know, how you feel and, and you're saying that with confidence and you're saying it and you're saying it because you believe it. Right. And, and it seems like you're just getting a lot clearer definition of who you are, what you like, you know, what you, where you want to go mm-hmm. with certain things, taking power of your own decisions. And I, th- I think it's super cool, super cool that you took on the challenge and your husband supported you and, you know, did a whole bunch just to, so you could have that experience and learn a lot more about yourself. So that's, I think it's pretty cool. So what I want to say is I want to say thanks, Ray, for coming on uh, the Rewired podcast with us tonight. It's been a real pleasure listening to your story. I've really enjoyed it. I hope all the listeners do too. I think they are going to. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. So after we finished the interview with Ray, she sent a message and asked me to share to anyone listening to take time for yourself. Give yourself a break. Give yourself grace. Give yourself credit. We drank because we thought we had to, to survive, because we felt human things like pain and shame. We're allowed. Getting sober is superhuman enough for one lifetime. Just something I wished I had learned sooner, to be kind to myself. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you next time.